Welcome to another Pennsylvania Policy Podcast and conversation with Clint with State Representative Clint Allett of the 68th Legislative District. He's joined today by House Majority Spokesman Jason Gottesman, co-host of the PA Policy Podcast. Guys, a lot happened this week and it all started with Representative Allett, your bill that deals with guaranteeing one of the most basic freedoms in our country. Talk to us about what your bill does and why it was even being brought up in this day and age. Yeah, it's it's great to be here and uh, always love the opportunity to, to be able to talk about important issues here in the Commonwealth. And religious freedom is an important issue. It's something that um, we were founded on, and it's something that's so, so important to so many people. Um, in in our, all of our districts here across the Commonwealth. And what we saw back in May was that um, the governor started down a, a really unhealthy path um, that really was a slap in the face to the Constitution, um, where he started to try to restrict houses of worship here in the midst of an emergency declaration. Um, once we saw that, um, we acted. We reached out to him as quickly as we could, um, really got nowhere with that. Um, so we drafted House Bill 2530 uh, to, to just to make sure that um, even in the midst of an emergency declaration, you cannot have one person, a governor of any party, any administration whatsoever, step in and say, you know what, you're, you're not allowed to meet or you can only have X amount of people in your building, even though your building's the size of Walmart and Walmart can have as many people as they want. Um, so, so we're... We, we stepped up. Now, through this process, uh, miraculously, the governor's administration did back down on some of their um, language that they had put out, which was really great. But uh, through the summer, we continued to see, uh, see some pressure put on there. We decided, you know what, this is, this is important. This is right. Um, you know, we've, we've learned a lot in the midst of this emergency declaration. Um, and one thing that we learned is that we have got to stand up for what's right true and just and we have to make sure that we stand up for religious liberty so we add we're we're in the process of hopefully adding this to um the the religious freedom protection act of 2002 um and that's that's the goal of this bill um we got a a veto proof majority uh in the in the house of representatives um so it was really it was a good vote it was a good day it was a good for the constitution it was good for religious freedom it was good for good public policy and um, and we sent it over to the Senate, and I appreciate the help that we that we got on this from the majority leader's office. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about just sort of the counter argument to this, which has been throughout the entire pandemic. The governor has essentially said, you know, we need to do things where people are not getting together because the virus likes that, where people are together. Um, and there's been some arguments of, well, okay, we're going to miss out on a few things. Um, what's what's the big deal with saying? You know, you just need to miss church for two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve weeks, four months, six months now. Um, you know, why, why, why is this a, a a fight worth fighting? Well, it's it's a fight worth fighting because I I, I referenced this on the the house floor. You know, we we talk about keeping people safe. We have to keep people safe during this pandemic, and that's true. And we did. And we need to make sure that we take that seriously. I, I will say, I wish we would have taken keeping our senior citizens as safe as we were, you know, talking about religious freedom, restricting religious freedom. But we won't. We won't talk about that's probably for another podcast. But 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 who who helps with the spiritual and mental health of our constituents? It's our houses of worship, 
And, and, and that is so, so important. So people's spiritual and mental health has to be taken seriously. And we can't just be like, oh, whatever, you know, go ahead and, and meet virtually. Well, guess what? Like there's a lot of people in my district that have no access to the internet. So you can't just say like, well, you can just meet online and that's how you, it's, it's just not how it works. So it's so important to, 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 to watch out for people's physical health but also their spiritual and mental health. And that's, and that's what our Constitution puts in place. It's not a question of whether we can. We, we are. We are. You know, Judge Stickman, uh, earlier this week when he wrote his 66-page opinion, he said, and I read this on the floor and I think it's so important, it says, the Constitution cannot accept the concept of a new normal where the basic liberties of the people can be subordinated to open-ended emergency, emergency measures and mitigations. Rather, the Constitution sets certain lines that may not be crossed even in an emergency. You cannot cross the line of restricting religious freedom even in the midst of an emergency declaration. You know, you can provide sound data, and that's what our religious leaders need to make decisions. And if, if, the, if the government would, would have done that through the whole process, it would have been awesome, <laughs> but it didn't happen. But but we, we have got to make sure that even in an emergency declaration, we don't just say, you know, oh, Constitution, you just sit on the sideline over there. We got this. We don't lose those rights. Yeah, and, and I think you hit on some really great practical points. And maybe you could just expand a little bit on that because I think on the House floor you, you mentioned about um, how hospital or how, how – Houses of worship are like hospitals for people's faith and people's souls, and that's where they need to go. This pandemic has touched more than just our day-to-day lives. It's put a lot of people in some really dark places as a result of isolation and um, not being not being with uh, you know people that they're normally with. For some people, uh, and I know this is true in my church community, um, going to uh, not only your um, Sunday service but also other church activities are really the only time they leave their house. That, that's a great point. You know, we, we were not created to be in isolation. That's what we do, you know, when people go to prison. We put them in isolation. But that's not, that's not natural. That's not how we're supposed to live. We're not, we should be troubled when we're, in, when we're social distancing because we are meant to be in relationship and work and, and help each other. Um, and that's what our houses of worship do. And so if it felt odd and people felt different in the midst of it, it's because this is not normal. Do you feel as though the governor understands where people in, you know, Wellsboro are coming from during this pandemic or, um, you know, Bradford County or Potter County or uh, anywhere in the northern tier that, that you represent? I mean, do you feel as though his his response takes their regional differences, how the pandemic has affected them, and the way that they live their lives into account? No, I, I, I no, that's the easy <laughs> answer. I, I, he is definitely out of touch. I mean, I just read this morning with the PIAA bill, you know, when he first was, you know, talking to reporters about it, he didn't even realize that it had a veto-proof majority. I mean, he's out of touch with what we're doing down here on an everyday basis. He is definitely out of touch with what's going on uh, north of Route 80. Um, and I would like, I would love to know when the last time that he, uh, set foot on any, uh, Commonwealth property <laughs> or land uh, north of Route 80 in the last year or two years. Um, and, and so I, I, yeah, he's definitely out of touch. He's, he's approaching the pandemic as a one size fits all approach. And that doesn't work in anything. It doesn't work in business. It doesn't work in life. It doesn't work in anything. So we have to, we have to step back and say, 
Governor, it's time to press pause here and figure out a better approach. And we can, and we have to look at different ways to approach different challenges in different communities across the Commonwealth. So I was on a radio show the other day in Pittsburgh and and a couple other media outlets, and, and they were asking me about this. And I said, listen, so if there was a, an outbreak or an issue, a major issue, we'll get whatever topic it is, we'll say COVID-19 because that's the, the, the topic. If there was a major issue with COVID-19 in Tyler County, would you like it if I said, Philadelphia, you have to do this now or, or Allegheny County? Now, since we have an issue in Tioga County, we're coming down here to Philadelphia and Allegheny County. Now you all of a sudden have to do X, Y, and Z. Like when, when you say that, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. No, I wouldn't like that. Well, guess what? Like there, there, we have, obviously we have COVID-19 in all of our 67 counties, but it looks totally different. We social distance in, in the rural communities on an everyday basis. We love that. That's why we live there. But, but we, we can handle it in a different way. And, and I think that to, to answer your question, of course, I think he's, he's not listening to us. He's not even paying attention to what's going on in the, in the legislature. Um, so yeah, we, we've got to, to figure out a way to open up those lines of communication. Um, to go back to, to 2530 a little bit, you mentioned a, a good point earlier is that this received a, a veto-proof majority. I think we're seeing that more and more with uh, with bills that, that the House is passing in responding to this pandemic. I mean, do you, I mean, of course, we're getting closer and closer to a very important day on November 3rd, which could be influencing people's decisions. But are you getting the sense, because I am, that, you know, our colleagues on the other side of the aisle are getting a little fed up with how the, their governor has been handling this pandemic? Well, there's definitely that, and and you're right. November third's coming, and the whole house is up for re-election. I, I I'm going to say this because it's because it has to be said. So, the motion was brought up that my bill was unconstitutional, and there were a number of uh, Democrats that voted that saying that it was unconstitutional. The leader on the Democratic side voted that it was unconstitutional. Then he got up to speak on the bill, spoke negatively about the bill, and then voted for the bill. That is hypocrisy at its finest, to say it's unconstitutional, speak against the bill, bill, and then vote for the bill. You know, those are things that we have to talk about. Mm-hmm. We can't just let that stuff slide. You know, you either stand for it or you don't. And to, to, to vote for it because you don't want the political pressure that you might get in your district, you know, but yet vote that it's unconstitutional. Like, let's call it what it is, and that's hypocrisy, and it's not right, and it shouldn't, has no place in the, in the House here. Yeah, uh, you know, just just really really quickly, you mentioned um, you know well Wellsboro and the folks. Uh, well, maybe I mentioned Wellsboro, but uh, the folks north of I eighty. What what is this pandemic looking like in in your community? Um, you know, how are people responding to it? Uh, maybe you know, maybe the governor yes is out of touch, but um, just what's that sense um, from 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 your district? Yeah, I would say this: the overall sense that I'm hearing and feeling from the people in my district is. We, we, we understand that it's real. We're doing everything we can. Please allow us to have some local control. Um, the other thing that I hear a lot is, and, and it's totally 100% true, we don't have the population to, to, for a quick recovery. And I don't know that any place is going to have a quick recovery. But it's going to take longer for some areas that ha- don't have the population because just we don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, if we don't have the cases you know, and we don't have the community spread, let us get started. That, that I mean, our House Bill 2860, which is our my restaurant bill, which is 
phenomenal, by the way, and I hopefully get that moving. <laughs> but it's it, that that takes a a county by county approach. It's transmission based, which makes a lot of sense. So if you don't have an issue in Potter County, you know, let's let Potter County get started on their recovery. They need to. It's going to take them a long time. Let's let them get started. Let's let Tioga County. If, if if we can come up with some measures that 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 will allow our businesses to start operating, because I'm telling you what, right now, if our restaurants go through the whole fall, you know, at a at a limited capacity that makes no sense, that's statewide at 25 or 50 percent, they will not be there. They will not make it through the winter. We don't have the population. We don't have the people. We will not make it through. They will not make it through the winter. And guess what? We're going to have a lot of empty storefronts uh come come spring and that's a dangerous thing just just one last question and and it goes along those lines in an area like yours that's dependent you know largely on tourism i mean you 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 have the pennsylvania grand canyon you have um you know people's uh you know summer cabins up in potter county you have um you know the same thing over in in bradford county if you have people that aren't you know, coming up there to stay and especially, you know, at a place with with Mansfield University, uh, students returning, um, you know, the ability for people to travel and feel safe in 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 that those activities uh, are really game changers for your community. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge part of our community is is tourism, um, people coming to their cabins. Now, I will say this summer, people have spent more time at their cabins um, and justifiably, I mean, if I had a cabin in Tioga County and I lived somewhere else, I'd want to be there too, because it's an awesome place to be. Um, so, so people have continued to use them and people have respected uh, how we're trying to keep people safe uh, across the Tioga, Bradford and Potter County. Um, but it's, it's definitely, we're seeing hits, you know, especially a lot of our events. And that's where, you know, we have, uh, you know, we had the Laurel Festival and all the fall stuff, the Friday night stuff that we would do on, uh, on Main Streets. Um, all the communities had their own fall fest. And, and with a lot of the summertime activities and fall activities and spring activities being canceled, you know, that's a big hit. It's a big hit for their for for making it. And they need that to make it through the winter to be we're, everybody. Nobody's like really rolling in it up there. Like we're, we're getting by. We're providing services. And, and we're and we're supporting the community and supporting each other, and, and that's what we love to do. Thanks for joining us, gentlemen, for this Conversation with Clint and Pennsylvania Policy Podcast. Join us for more content on PA House Podcasts.